Well, hey there. Hello and welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. And stoked you're here today. My name, of course, as always, is Eddie Cohn. I'm the host, the creator of the show. Thrilled you're here today. A pretty quick episode. No guests today. I do have a guest coming up. Well, I already spoke to him. His name is Bob Bradley, and he's a PR manager here in Los Angeles. Focuses mostly on music. And then I also have another guest lined up this week. I don't want to spoil the guest, but she is scheduled to be on the show this coming week, so that should go live in a week or two. Promise your time will not be wasted. This will be a pretty brief episode. I want to play a clip from the Mark Marin show where he is actually it's he's not speaking it's sort of his intro um and just speaking about Mark very b- briefly you know that Mark is one of my favorite podcasts I actually I don't really like listening to too many podcasts other than Sam Harris and Mark Marin I I don't like to be influenced too much I I really am very conscious and steadfast about what I bring into my life because I don't want it to influence my show too much. I sort of want my show to be its own unique experience. But I will say, I would highly suggest listening to the conversation that he had with Patti Smith and also Mike Campbell from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. You know, it's it's funny, really briefly, and this sort of correlates to today's episode, the theme of today's episode. Just when I'm listening to Patti talk... You feel so much depth, like she is a real full-blown human being. And just the experience, the life experience she has, meeting Allen Ginsberg, and then her experience obviously with Bob Dylan, and then writing a book, or multiple books, being a poet, and then ultimately being a musician. There's, there's just a lot there. And I found myself actually sort of, first of all, being really inspired but also sort of reflecting and lamenting the fact that I wonder if people like Patty will ever exist again. And so it's just, it's a really great talk. I, I don't know, I just, I feel like the world that we live in now is um, preventing human beings from actually being human beings. You know, you have the cancel culture, you have obviously COVID-19 and the pandemic, these stay-at-home orders, working from home, more addiction to tech and Zoom and Microsoft Teams. You know, I just, I think we are being forced to live myopic, one-dimensional lives. And I feel like, and this ultimately relates now to the theme of my show, we have to be so damn aware and careful because if, if you're not, you will literally not use your voice or your vocal cords all day. You won't use any of your senses other than the touch of your thumbs as you're texting and your eyes as you stare at Instagram or social media all day or your phone. Like the full gamut of what a human being should experience is becoming more ephemeral, more myopic more narrow. And if you don't stop and sort of take a break from your phone or um, the television screen or Netflix, you are literally going to turn into a zombie.
talk about experience. You know, what are you doing to enliven the experience of your life? You know, I and I think that's what's something that's something that I'm really getting a bit um, lugubrious about. Thinking that will I ever be able to go to a concert again? Will I ever be able to experience going to a movie again? You know, the world doesn't want you to go to the movies anymore. And what's going to ultimately happen is because convenience feels so good, we are going to get so comfortable sitting on a couch at home, getting food delivered, that the experience of actually seeing a movie in a theater with no distractions, that that's never going to happen again. Like Martin Scorsese made his movies, Steven Spielberg made his movies to be seen on the big screen. And sure, you know, there is this convenience factor that we all love, that we get addicted to. And, you know, anybody can make a movie and put it on Instagram or put it on YouTube or put it on Vimeo. But the art that these creators are making, it's meant to be a spectacle. It's meant to be on the big screen. It's meant, you know, to enliven your senses. Your experience should be elevated. And slowly but surely, before you know it, through Spotify, through Netflix, through what's happening in the world, our addiction to tech, the reliance or the ease in which we can just open up our phone and see this, see that for $10 a month, you can see any movie you want on Netflix, or I guess now it's $13. We are becoming so used to convenience, coupled with you know the fear of being outside, being in public, we can't be around people anymore. Those experiences of Coachella, going to concerts, going out to movies, those are all being ripped out of our lives. And, and I think it's important to maintain and keep those experiences. It expands the senses. It expands the brain. It expands our lives. Imagine not being able to travel. Imagine only getting to experience the beach in Cancun through YouTube videos. There's this character uh, in Little Children, the movie, one of my favorite movies, who is addicted to... Um, online sex. I mean, imagine a culture that is not actually having sex, but is only having sex through you porn or online. Imagine people that are only watching movies online at home on their 50-inch screen. Imagine people that are not experiencing concerts, but only at home through IGTV. I mean, it's, it's really, if you're not careful... From relationships to sexual experiences to movies to television shows to concerts, you could literally experience all of those at home on your couch. I mean, this isn't even about good or bad. This is about what are you getting used to? This is about human beings being diminished to, to robotic fragments of themselves. And you know what happens? We get so comfortable with these conveniences that we're not even aware that our brain is yearning for human-to-human contact, is yearning for seeing a movie in a theater, going to a concert. You know, all of these, these obstacles that we face, they've all come together 
over the last year. Anxiety, fear of dying because of COVID, restrictions, every man for himself, tech addiction, even more tech addiction thanks to COVID. I mean, it's, it's all happening so fast, so grandiose. What is, what is the ripple effect of all of that? And, and I believe, and then also, you know, you throw in cancel culture, you throw in the media basically pounding the same thing over and over again inside your head. It's turning people into zombies and robots who aren't thinking for themselves, who aren't even aware that their life experience isn't as grandiose as it used to be, isn't as fulfilling as it used to be. I'm trying to bring as much sort of fuller experiences into my life right now as I possibly can. You know, I, I, I have, I've been buying a bunch of vinyl records and listening to records from beginning to end with no distraction. I've been watching concerts on YouTube like Soundgarden and Nirvana, Alice in Chains shows. These are bands that I absolutely adored. I'm reading much my reading, I just read the Chris Cornell biography, the Kurt Cobain, the Bruce Springsteen memoir. I just reread. I, I just, I want to, I don't, I don't want my, my brain, I don't want my brain to shrink. And, and I think that's what's happening. point, a friend of mine, um, you know, I called him a few weeks ago, didn't hear back. And then I called like a week later just to check in to say hello. And, you know, he sent me a text saying something like, oh yeah, I forgot. You're not a text guy. You know, I'll get back to you. Um, It's not that I'm not a text guy. Of course I text. Of course I use Netflix. You know, I, I, I do love my phone. I love, you know, watching shows at home, just like many other people do. But I still do find value and still crave speaking to people on the phone. I need that. It, it just, it makes me feel just more alive, more satisfied. I, I enjoy hearing humans talking to me. I enjoy listening to an album from beginning to end. I love going to concerts. You know, it's like the experience of teaching yoga. Yes, I am so blessed and thankful that I still get to teach classes through Zoom. I'm not quite sure it's as good of an experience as it is actually teaching in the same room. Last point here before I play a clip from Mark Maron and I let you go. Yeah, I just I recorded an IGTV yesterday where I'm talking about Okay, computer. I think I've decided I'm going to start talking about some of my favorite songs from all time as I'm about to release a new record this year. And there's, you know, there's a story behind these songs in my life. You know, Okay, computer. There's a reason why, and everybody has a uh, has a specific reason as to why Okay, computer may be considered their favorite album of all time. You know, for me, and I, you know, you can go to my IGTV. It was just, it was such an interesting record for me because, you know, I didn't know Radiohead before OK Computer. I didn't really know the song Creep. I didn't know The Bends, their second record. 
I was all engrossed in Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Soundgarden's uh, record Super Unknown came out in 95, which to me is one of the greatest albums of all time, which is why I was so sad when Chris uh, accidentally killed himself. I mean, Soundgarden was one of the greatest rock bands of all time. And I was a drummer, and I sort of, I guess it was just, I was beginning to start writing songs. I think Kurt Cobain was really an inspirational figure for me when it came to writing songs and music. But then when I heard OK Computer for the first time, and I think it was a really dark time for me, I was dealing with health issues. Um, I had to move back home. Kurt Cobain had just killed himself. The Rodney King beating had just happened in L.A. around this time. It was it was sort of a sad time. And then OK Computer comes out, and you, again, you got to remember, I've been listening to nothing but grunge. And then I listened to this song "Let Down" for the first time, which is track five. And it just blew me away. It was just this incredibly deep, somber, ominous, but also really beautiful song. And his voice, Tom York's voice, that record really started to teach me about like production and, and how, to make him, how to make music sound good sonically. The left side, the right side in the headphones, engineering synthesizers. I mean, I was all about drums and sort of electric guitar. And then that record came out and it sort of introduced me to, you know, blending synths with electric guitars. So I just, I think there's a lot of stories and very personal experiences when it comes to how a certain music just enters our lives. So I don't know. I just, I think we have to get back to bringing deeper experiences into our lives, going to the record store. I remember going to the record store and buying albums and listening to records before buying them. I mean, I just think these are such valuable experiences to hold on to. I'm going to end the show by playing a clip from the Mark Maron show. It's from episode, it's episode 1200 where he's speaking to Mark Harris. But I found the intro really amazing. And I think he really sort of nails the issues of our culture um, and how social media and technology is really sort of perniciously tearing our culture apart. You know, it's, it's sort of very, it's not like, it's not this sort of obstreperous, obnoxious little boy who's just like screaming and yelling and pouting and kicking. It's very subtle. So let me play this for you, and then I'll let you go. You know, you see the films differently, and I watched all the films again. And this is dealing with art, dealing with race, deals with gender, deals with age, deals... It, it's all there. And it's, it, you know, film is very rich like that. And I think what it speaks to in terms of my laziness as of late or my need to get out of the now or for just general distraction is that I think that cultural criticism, film criticism, art criticism, criticism in general, the deep stuff, not the review, not the this or that, uh, good or bad, thoughts on, sounds like, now trending, not that, but sort of true contextualized consideration 
of, of art or culture is, is a bit waning, which is sad, because those things are needed. They're needed to sort of understand, comprehend the cultural conversation and what is happening, to slow it down, to consider thoughtfully and intellectually and historically. A lot of that stuff is falling by the wayside. And after reading a book like uh, Mark Harris's, it's like it's so fucking important because it's very easy to get lazy and it's very easy to get shallow. And, you know, most people don't think too deeply about anything because everything's moving so fast. And even smart people have given up without knowing it. You know how you just go to Rotten Tomatoes Well, an 87. That's pretty good. How many reviews? A hundred. Let's watch that. But if you don't have anything in place to put things into context or to think for yourself, you know, you're just going to be citing other things. You're going to be referring to clickbait. You're going to be referring to something you heard. You're going to be comparing blindly. And that's going to sort of pass as thought for you. You know, we're volunteering for shallowness. You got to go deep, man. And that's what criticism can do. Whether you understand it or not, it'll take you deeper and make you understand that there is depth to be explored hmm. yeah there's a lot there to sort of analyze and unspool but I'll, I'll sort of let you allow what he said to relate to your own life I think just again for me very briefly you know I'm writing I've been writing a book for the last two years and it's done and I have a publisher who wants to publish it and I'm working with an editor right now to improve the book you know, she's, she's being, they're being critical and we're working collectively to make the book better. And somehow criticism to me is so valuable as, as, as a musician, singer, songwriter, you know, my podcast, you know, the first 30 to 50 episodes, I don't, they were okay. I mean, I was still figuring out the, what the hell, I was still figuring out what the hell I was doing. I mean, I'm still figuring it out. But, you know, a few of my friends would make comments, suggestions, and be critical in a, in a warm, sympathetic way to try and help me get better. You know, we, we still need criticism. The only way we're going to get better is if people are critically, but also with sensitivity, uh, critically thinking and commenting about, you know, the world that we live in. And I think... When you have the Trumps in the world, the CNNs in the world, the media in the world, the Foxes, just criticizing, not to improve, but to almost make themselves out to be right and better. If, if one is criticizing in that sort of way, we're, we're not going to get any better. And it's, I think another reason why art isn't as good as it used to be. I think people are scared to offer criticism. You know, one of the most powerful lessons for me in the studio is when the producer or the engineer who I'm working with is saying, you know, that could be better. And, and obviously, don't be an asshole about it, but we need people in our lives that offer thoughtful criticism and say, hey, that can be better. My first draft of my book was terrible, but it wasn't until a few people told me it was terrible that I realized that I had a lot more work to do. And I think, again, this is so complicated, but my last point before I let you go, I think coupled with we're just getting lazy and we're getting comfortable, 
and we're just like numbing out to avoid the present moment. We're not offering or bringing in devices or, or new experiences to expand our brain. We're instead doing it to just numb our brain. If you add that into the picture as well, um, it feels a little hopeless sometimes. <laughs> so I guess, again, lesson here, adding more experience, deeper experience, and then finding some people in your life that can thoughtfully add a little bit of criticism. Very important. So I'm going to end the show today actually with another song. It's a remix from Dan Silver, producer, who actually produced my last record. Um, a couple, I guess, when did it come out? It came out in, yeah, 2015 it came out. So he just remixed my uh, first single, Freedom, from my upcoming record. Silver Sessions Remix for Freedom. You can find it on my Bandcamp, eddiecone.bandcamp.com. You can find it on SoundCloud. But I think it's just, it's really cool to sort of have my own version of the song and then bring in a couple other remixers to sort of remix and interpret the song in a completely different way. So I have another guy who remixed one. I'll, I'll share that with you in a couple weeks. Um, but I met Dan like seven, eight years ago at South by Southwest. And we just hit it off and he ended up producing my third album, which again is on Spotify. It's called Guarantee Me Love. Uh, but yeah, so he got involved and, and remixed um, my first single, Freedom, off my record that'll be coming out later this year. So I guess that's it. We'll end the show with, with that. Again, you can find it uh, on my Bandcamp, SoundCloud. It'll be on Spotify in a few weeks. So um, a couple guests lined up for the next few weeks. I really appreciate your support. It means a lot, and it's, it's really helpful if you share the show with your friends. Um, head over to iTunes and give a review. Find me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn. And that is it. As always, thank you so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Mm-hmm.